Welcome to CWA Radio Network, brought to you seven days a week by Christian Women Affiliate. You're listening to My Journey of Faith, hosted by Cynthia McCutcheon, wife, mother, Bible teacher, and speaker, encouraging others to share their God stories to inspire others in their walk of faith. For the next 60 minutes, we invite you to join us live via the chat room. Click to talk to the host or call in 347-850-8893. After the show, we invite you to join us at Christian Women Affiliate. Here's your host. Hello, everyone. I want to thank you so much for being with us today on My Journey of Faith. I have been uh, driving around and walking out in uh, the area that I live, and I have been watching the leaves just turn to beautiful colors. And, you know, just I'm not a scientist, but I know that the things that go on to bring about that change and those beautiful things in the leaves sometimes has to be kind of stressful. And that's a little bit of how we're talking today. Um, my guest today is Melanie Dorsey. She is a wife, a mother, a um, Bible teacher that has fallen in love with God's Word. She has a wonderful blog where she shares her heart. And not only that, I want to encourage you to go on to it um, after this show. And even if you don't read anything, read about her and her About Me section. I sometimes laugh, sometimes cry. She's got a wonderful sense of humor but a love for God that just shines through. Hi, Melanie. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Cynthia. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I appreciate that, and I'm looking forward to talking with you today. Well, I'm very excited about talking. Now, I read your post today, um, or I guess it was yesterday's post, um, of things that were going on in your life. And sometimes we as Christians, we think that... Um, Maybe we should be exempt by the hard things in life, even though we get that wrong. But we have those griefs, that grief and that pain and those questions. But I love how you talked about God has been there through it all. So can you share maybe a little bit about your backstory, something, um, how God well, has walked with you? I will. I will briefly just go back uh, nearly four years now and just kind of set that up and then, um, kind of move out of that into God's faithfulness because through everything, and, and as I, I think I sent you the message yesterday, no matter what we go through in our lives, um, you know, we're not promised sunny days every day. I mean, we'd love to have that. And although we do have some days that are kind of easy and things are going along well in our lives, I don't know a single person, if they're honest, who wouldn't say they have periods of time, if you want to call it weeks or seasons or whatever it is, where it's just hard, where it just seems like everything is kind of done because you're just making yourself do it. Um, And I'm kind of in, in that point right now, but what gives me confidence is knowing that no matter what my current challenges are and how I'm currently feeling, you know, what my emotions are, what real things are going on that contribute to that. Because I know that God has always been there. He's always pulled me through. I'm confident that he'll do it again. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, the, the nightmare that we faced was um, four years ago. It was August 2009 when our 12-year-old son, Andrew, was diagnosed with stage 4 brain cancer. And so within four months, not even four months, and after four brain surgeries, he went on to heaven. And mm-hmm. so that has, that's been life-changing. 
and that's something that um, we deal with, I deal with every single day. And this particular time of year is, is rough for our family because everything happened from the end of August and then he he went to heaven December 15th, 10 days before Christmas. And wow. so all of those memories of him being sick and the suffering that he went through and, um, you know, this happened in October and then Thanksgiving's coming. It was our last Thanksgiving together and then we're moving into Christmas. This particular time of year is just, it's rough anyway, but when you have other things that kind of seem to be piling in on you, um, you know, you wonder where relief is. And so I've written about that honestly, especially the last two or three things that I've written on my website. And I kind of wonder sometimes if that's, um, if I'm being a little too vulnerable or a little too open but invariably when I open myself up like that, even when it's something that I'm experiencing in the moment, like in real time, I think I said today, people respond to me privately that I put in words what they're going through and they appreciate it and it's encouraging to them. So even though sometimes I hit that publish button with a little bit of trepidation and thinking, should I really have shared that? Should I just kind of pretend that, um, nothing nothing bad or negative is going on in my life right now and just put a happy smile on it and a happy face, or should I be honest? And I come back to the promise that I made God when our son passed and I was going through that the worst, the heaviest part of the grieving, right, in the aftermath of him, of, of losing him. And I promised God, I said, you know, for years of my life I've covered a lot of my emotions, and I've just not let people in because out of fear, out of fear that if they see how you're really feeling, they'll lose confidence in you, especially if you're a Christian and you're in any kind of leadership. I think the fear is that if I really open myself up, people will lose confidence in me. And so that's, um, that was something that in the past I would try to cover when I was having hard days or going through a hard time or a struggle. Uh, but I promised God, when Andrew went to heaven, I said, you know, I'm going to be honest in two ways. I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to be honest with people, and just let it fall where it falls. And I think for the most part with people, it's worked out okay, because I've received countless numbers of emails and phone calls and texts over the past four years where women tell me, because you were honest and you told me how you were really feeling, it's allowed me to have some freedom in doing that. And so I thank the Lord for that because that's really, that's been by his grace. Um, and then the second thing is with God being honest with him, I found out that I can trust him. I can trust him with my honesty. And he's not so easily disappointed. Sometimes we think he gets so disappointed in us when we have a failure or we're having a down day, but he doesn't. He loves us. He knows he knows us human beings better than we know human beings. He understands. He's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. And because of that, I can just kind of bear it out, you know, lay it out there and bear it before before people. Um, sometimes it, it may be a little too bare, a little too raw, but, um, again, I just trust God with that and pray that, that he's glorified in it. I think that is so neat because, you know, so many times we – like you said, we do hide. We hide behind our masks. But when we do take that step of faith and we share, 
we do reach and we connect with someone, and someone needs to hear that. Even if you are a lot, if you are really bare today, with what you've said, somewhere down the line, God's going to bring someone back to that where they can see it. And you know, the thing is, is that because I know that He's been faithful in the past, because um, you know, when you're grieving, when we go through grieving, especially, you know, I've, I've lost. I lost a child. My mother passed away in April. Those are two separate kinds of losses. I don't, um, you know, say that that losing a parent is not difficult. It is. It's painful. But having lost a child first, that is one of the most painful um, losses, the most painful loss I've ever experienced and experienced on a daily basis because he was 12. He was still at home. He's not here every day. He's not here. He didn't go off to college he didn't move away. He's not here. Right. But because right. God has been faithful and I've been able to lean on him and depend upon, depend on him over the past four years, I know that anything else that I go through, any other challenges, and the challenges keep coming. They don't stop. Sometimes we'd like to have an easy button, you know, um, when things just get a little, a little beyond um, difficult. They just go into such a challenge. We'd like to... We'd like to have an easy button and just kind of stop that. But I'm confident that even without an easy button, um, God's going to see me through, and he's going to turn things around. I don't know when. I don't know the when. I don't know the how, but I know it will. Right. Wow. So tell me, um, you're, you're a lover of God's word. And you'd love to study that and to share with others. How are you using God's word to work through this and to um, maybe even help others? Well, tell you that ironically, um, last December, the Lord just dropped a word on me, and you're, I know you're familiar with, and a lot of the listeners are familiar with people choosing a word for their year. Well, I had not done that since January of 2009. I just felt like the word that I got for 2009, and that was the year of the diagnosis and the year that Andrew passed, I just felt like, really, that that was it? That, that's tough. That's a tough one, and I'm just not going to go there anymore. I'm not going to choose one of those words. And I didn't, but a word chose me, and I feel like it was the word that the Lord would have for me for 2013, and it was the word courage. And so when I look back, I think, all along this through this year, I've needed to be brave, and I've needed to take that courage. Um, the Bible talks about uh, the disciples being in the boat, and there's a storm coming, and Jesus approaches them, and they're scared. And Peter's the only one who gets out of the boat and walks on the water, but it was because Jesus looked at him and said, take courage. It is I do not be afraid. And I think sometimes we think we're either born brave or we're not, but it's really not the case. It's the situation arises and we've got to rally our, ourselves. We've got to stir up our own soul sometimes, our own spirit, and just take the courage in realizing that right in the middle of that passage, Jesus begins with take courage and he ends with don't be afraid. But right in the middle are the words, it is I. And when I think about that passage, I think about how Jesus is the mediator. He's always been our middleman. And even in that passage, he says, you can do this. And on the end, don't be afraid. But in the middle is the reason we can do it, because he's with us. 
He's God with us. He's Emmanuel. He's always with us. He's always in the middle of wherever we are. And so studying his word has really been what has, I say it has saved my life because it really did. When we lost our son, I realized that I wasn't afraid to die, but now I was afraid to live. And I needed courage to to keep living. And that's something that from time to time over the past four years, you know, when other difficulties have come on top of that that ongoing loss, I've just had to say, you know what, you've got to stir yourself up. You've got to uh, build yourself up in the faith. Jude 20 talks about praying in the Spirit, letting the Holy Spirit pray through you. When you don't know the words to pray, we depend upon him to do that for us. And so God's word is just, it is really, it's been a lifesaver. It's been my strength. Today I was um, reading in the book of Judges about Deborah because she really is one of my um, heroines of the faith, and I admire her so much, and I, I thought about the, the uh, aspects of Deborah that I really admire and that I hold on to and look to her as, as an example, and I see confidence in Deborah, and I see courage in Deborah, and yet it wasn't a confidence in her own abilities, although she, the Bible talks about all of the roles that she had, and she was very uh, multi-talented. Um, she was a woman in leadership when that was very uncommon. But there's a there's a song that Deborah sings after that battle that she goes through when she leads the Israelites into battle, and she says, "Awake, my soul." And so there are often times, even today, when I'm reading that again, and I'm saying, "That's what I need to do in this current kind of challenging season." That I and I've got to wake myself up. But she goes on in that song of Deborah, and she tells others around her, Barak, she tells him to arise. And that always rings true to me that we as women of God, sometimes, no matter what's going on in our lives, sometimes we just don't feel like it, but in order to move through in victory, we've got to wake our own selves up, stir our own selves sometimes, and be, you know, I talk about this a lot, and I actually did this yesterday, um, there are times when we forget that we're going through spiritual warfare. We just think it's a bad day or, oh, how could this have happened or what else is going to happen today or this week, but we, we sometimes forget we have a real enemy who's against us. And so yesterday I was out running in the park, and I needed to get outside, and I said in my blog post I felt an urgency to get out of the house and go run. Running helps me, and I pray. And yesterday I sang when I was running, and it helped. And I came to a tree that I've often sat under when I've been writing Bible studies, and I'll go to the park and run and think that through, and I stop at that tree and pray. And I passed that tree, and I stopped, and I sat there, and I was sweating because here, you know, you're talking about seeing the leaves change where you are, but it's still hot here. It was about yeah. 88 when I was out running yesterday. It doesn't feel like fall at all. But I sat there and I, I pushed up my visor that I was wearing to keep the sun out of my eyes, and I put my hand on my own sweaty forehead and I prayed for myself. And so that was an example of, you know, you've got to wake up. You've got to realize that, yeah, there's some kind of, hard stuff happening right now in this particular time of life, but it's also spiritual warfare that you're dealing with, and you've got to remember that and wake yourself up so that you can can go on in your calling, which is leading other women to the heart of God and, and um, stirring them up in revival, you know, a personal spiritual revival through prayer and through reading the Word and, 
and just listening to the Holy Spirit speak to us. And so that's one of the ways that God's Word really, really just works in my life. I use those um, passages that speak to me at particular seasons of time. They don't just um, lie flat on the page, but they come alive in the Spirit because the Holy Spirit does that for us as Christians. That's His work in our lives. So I admire Deborah for confidence in her courage and, you know, different women in the Bible and men in the Bible who have been strong in the faith. And even in the face of heartache and hard times, God proved himself faithful then. And we can look at that and look back in our lives and just say, he did it for me before and I have confidence. I don't know when, but I know he's going to do it again. That is exactly true. You know, so many times we look at the things in our lives and we start looking at others and we compare our insides to their outsides and we're seeing all the things going well with them. And I love that God put the ones in the Bible that we're not seeing just the glorious outside of. We're seeing the struggles and the heartaches and how he was there faithful for him. You talked about Deborah, but I noticed on your Facebook page you said you might Mm -hmm. mention a few other women uh, ancient women of the Bible that inspire you. Who is yeah. the other one? Well, the one, and she's not very well known. Um, I came to read about her, heard about her years ago, and then didn't really read much about her because she's only mentioned just in a short little part of the Bible in Second Samuel, but it's Rizpah. And Rizpah has, um, is one of the women in the Bible who when my son was sick that the Lord just brought to my mind. And then off and on, even even today, again, I was reminded of Rizpah. Rizpah was a concubine of Saul. And um, through a series of events where Saul disobeyed, you know, the Lord in something, um, Joshua had promised to live in peace with the Gibeonites, but Saul had murdered a lot of them. And so because of Saul's disobedience, seven of sons, Saul's, were hanged to avenge that crime. And two of those sons... Rizba being Saul's concubines, two of those sons who were hanged were her, her only sons. And so there they are on the hillside, and Rizba watching that. And, you know, I can relate to the loss of a son, not in the same situation, but the grief and the loss of a son and the pain that goes along with that. So she's, she's there watching her son being put to death, hung. And at the time, there was a law that said that bodies had to be buried at sunset. But for some reason, the bodies of her two boys and the other five who were hanged were left to rot on that hillside for months, for months. And the thing I see in Rispa is that the Bible says she took sackcloth and she spread it out on a rock. And Rispa stayed on that rock for the entire period of time, months that those boys were there, that their bones lay there on that hillside. And what she did is just amazing to me because it shows me her determination and her dedication and her bravery too. She beat The Bible says that Rizba beat off the birds by day and the beast by night because she would not let them desecrate the bodies of her son. And as a mother who's lost a son, you don't want to stop the mothering. And so I really identify with Rizba. She really couldn't mother those sons any longer here on earth. They were gone. Their souls had departed. But their bones were still there. And so with the only thing, the only way that she could continue to be a mother to them was to protect those bones from the birds carrying them off and the bees carrying them off. And so her, her very name, Rizba, means hot stone or hot, 
hot rock or coal. So I think of RISB as a hot rock. Um, and it just, it kind of comes full circle that Jesus is our rock and we stand on, on him. And in him, we can beat off the birds of prey that threaten to come against us and we can beat off the beast at night that try to come against us. Again, is that spiritual warfare thing. But she stayed there and she protected their bones until David heard about what was going on and her sons were finally honored with a proper burial. And so she's another one that I, I just gain a lot of um, encouragement from just by her model of being so dedicated and having that determination that what had been done wrong was going to be made right. Um, wow. And so those are two of, two of the women of the Bible that I just, I go back again and read their stories, even though Rizpah is a very short story. There's not much said about her, but what is said is powerful. That is. That is very powerful. Now, you also do uh, some speaking around um, and I do. Um, I just, in September, spoke for um, a group of some of the most wonderful women in the world, and those are the women who are members of my church here. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we had a retreat about an hour from our, our church, and it was in September, and it was it was great. It was a good bonding time, and I enjoyed being able to speak into their lives, and they blessed me, and uh, trusted what I had to say was a blessing to them. Um, I've spoken a few times at retreats. I have another wonderful group of women who've invited me back a couple of times. They're from a church in the Baltimore area, and they have retreats in Delaware, and so they've they have. Um, honored me with the opportunity of going up there and speaking five or six times at each of those retreats. And generally what I do is write a Bible study for those. And God um, speaks to me through that and strengthens me. And then I, in turn, am able to take that and kind of deliver the message that the Lord has put on my heart. And this last one was on um, taking courage and not comparing ourselves with other women any longer, being freed up from that. Um, so I, I spoke to the women there on courage and comparison and, um, next March I'll be going to Nebraska to the Refresh My Heart Conference and I'll be speaking there a couple of times. I'm, I'm looking forward to that and, um, you know, the rest of this year is just busy with Christmas things at church and the choir and my daughter who got married and moved off to, uh, New Mexico will be coming back with her son-in-law for a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that. But any time I have the opportunity to to deliver God's word, that's a good day. That's a good day for me. I feel at home doing that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that, we only have a few minutes left, but I want to give you an opportunity to take to talk straight to someone that may be listening, that may be going through a period of their life that they may not realize it's spiritual warfare. They may not even know how to lift their head up and how to start singing yeah. that song again. What would you say? Well, I would say that do some of the things that you do not feel like doing. And that's usually we, we stop our song. The song in our heart goes, um, it dries up. But if you will do it anyway, you will find that that burden begins to lift if you just sing before the Lord. And that's, sometimes that's a hard thing to do. I made myself do it yesterday, but I, I saw the fruit from that. Um, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16:13 that we are to watch, 
stand fast in the faith, be brave, and be strong. And so anytime we're watching and waiting on God, that's not something we do in vain. Again, even though we may not know when the breakthrough is going to come, you, you can be confident because we serve a God who's looking out for us, who's watching over us, and who is a companion with us on this faith, this faith journey that we're all on. So if you will watch for him and wait on him, sing before him, and pray anyway, even when you don't feel like it, stand fast in the faith, take up the courage, be brave and be strong. The Lord is fighting for you. So I would just encourage you, really, with doing some of the things that you just don't feel like doing and pressing in anyway. What about the people that may be going for the first time needing a, a, a holiday after losing someone? Is there something, some way that you can encourage them through this tough time? Well, I will tell you that that is, that is one of the toughest things that we've had to do. Um, it, it did not feel like Christmas um that first year especially, it was a blur. It was only 10 days after our son left. But what I have found that all of that pain and that grief that you're feeling, there's, there's one word that the Lord has spoken to me about that, and it's the word surrender. And he's been teaching me that for over a year now, that everything that I have belongs to him. And I can even turn those painful feelings over to him and that grief, and I can give that to him and surrender it to him. It's not a one-time thing, but that first time is surely an act of faith. And so each time I feel um, that grief wanting to overwhelm me, I just say, God, I can't, I can't handle this today. It's overwhelming me. I'm surrendering it to you again. I'm giving it to you, and I'm trusting you with it. And somehow in that spiritual way that 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 transformation that takes place, that's really a spiritual mystery to me. God does take it, and he, he makes my heart lighter. I feel relief in that, but it's not a one-time thing. I do it every time I need to do it, and every time I do it, he comes through. So it's just surrendering that and trusting him with your feelings and being honest before him because you can trust God with who you really are. Wow. I've said before that if I can... Every day, come to the place, every day that I give everything I am to all of who he is, he's faithful and he's trustworthy with me. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Just real quick, we only have a minute or two. What about the person that has not gone through that, but has a friend or a loved one that is, is currently doing that? What, something that they could maybe do or... Um, say or just be the well, shoulder? Well, sometimes it's, it's best not to say too much. Um, what I really appreciated was when people would cry when I cried, somehow that entering into those tears with you helps more than a lot of words can help mm. because it lets you know that they're feeling that pain with you. They're sympathizing with you. They may not be able to empathize if they haven't been there, but right. that sympathy through tears is, is powerful. And so physical touch was something that I really needed, someone just embracing me and just telling me I'm sorry, not trying to make me feel better because you're not going to. So not trying to think of something wise and and, um, something uh, that's going to shore that person up in the moment and change how they feel. You're not really going to change how they feel, but you can enter into what they're feeling at that moment 
and it, it relieves some of that pressure and that burden in the moment. And that, that's a treasure. That really is. I appreciate that so much. Um, just the physical touch and just entering in with the emotion that I was feeling at the time. Well, Melanie, I want to thank you so much for being with me today. It has been a joy speaking with you. Um, again, if you um, can, listeners, please go to her um, website. Melanie, you want to tell them what it is? It is just my name. It's MelanieDorsey.com. I call my website Lessons from the Deep End of Life because let me tell you, God has brought me through the deep end and taught me a lot of lessons along the way. But it's MelanieDorsey.com. And thank you so much, Cynthia, for the opportunity. Thank you. Now, there is a link on uh, where you came on to listen to the show to click and go to her website. Uh, there's also our Facebook page, and there is our link to My Journey of Faith Ministries, uh, where there's all kinds of stuff there, the magazine, the um, book club, all kinds of things. Um, so I would like to invite you to visit those. And then um, for those of you listening, just thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for being a part of My Journey of Faith Radio, and I just encourage you to tell your story. You do not know how much it means to someone when they hear your story and they can relate and say, I've been there. I think it's uh, C.S. Lewis maybe that said, uh, friendship is made whenever you say, who, you too? I thought I was the only one. And that friendship is connected. So thank you so much for joining us. Until next week, have a great day. Bye-bye. <laughs>